Right. Are we ready? Let's do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Link, are you ready? He's like, I saw wait, I saw a Twitter that was like He's just looking at me. Called cats working and it was like a cat <laughs> <laughs> And it was like a cat like typing at a computer with glasses on and it was so cute. He doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> H. Van Harn in Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan, and this show has everything. Everything from getting lost in foreign countries, to getting lost in our own hometowns, to getting lost in our own backyards. This week, we're talking about getting lost. This is a topic that tends to strike fear into my heart, although maybe a less anxious person would sometimes relish the adventure. Assuming death wasn't imminent? I don't know. (laughs) We're going to find out. Joining me today, of course, to discuss our wandering ways in middle-aged mommish studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary Butler. Hey, Hillary. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Um, you know, it's allergy season right now for me, so I'm like a little woozy, but I'm 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 okay. I'll I'll live. It's not COVID, you guys. It's not COVID. It's not COVID. It's not. And in Waterworld Studios in Albany, New York, it's Bobby Pape. Hey, Bobby. So my superstition is vaccines uh, <laughs> oh wait that fake. was last week i'm sorry sorry you're like, Wrong show. <laughs> i i you're like i it's, i saw um a quote from candace Cam- cameron beret or whatever her last name Ugh. is and she was like it's not that i'm a- that's the new line it's not that i'm an it's anti-vaxxer it's just that i believe in immunity my body's immunity and it's like okay I mean, do you know what vaccines do <laughs> <laughs> stupid Ugh, I hate people. Uh, Nobody was this high and mighty about polio. No. We're too anyway. coddled, according yeah. to conservatives in me. Like, mm-hmm. we need to experience some disfiguring, horrible diseases so that we are appreciating vaccines again. I mean, like, just like, whatever, the 700,000 Americans that have died. That's not enough. Well, I guess that's not enough. It's <laughs> not. None of, them, no. none of them were me, so get off my lawn. Yeah. Uh, but that was last week's show. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We can't get through five minutes of the show without talking about vaccines. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, okay. So today on the show, as per usual, we've got some small talk, including some news about the cutest little criminal there ever was. We're going to read your question of the week responses from our last episode. I see nothing about bear on this <laughs> well you never know uh for medium talk we're all getting lost we've got some tishy recommends for you and as always we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show um and first up is small talk um so hillary do you want to get us started on that yes i will okay so i'm gonna set the scene and the, i realize that sometimes when i tell these stories about my kids i'm like one day are they gonna listen to this they won't but one day are they going to pick up, you know, a Zoom or whatever and, like, find old recordings? <laughs> They're going to unearth it from a rock. Yeah. <laughs> the rubble of what was Earth. But, um, okay, so to set the scene, on Monday, um, the kids didn't have school, but it was parent-teacher whatever meetings. So I, um, ha- we had Rory's, and 
you know, his teacher got on and she was just like, I just have to tell you, you know, Rory is so funny. I just adore him. He's really smart. You know, all these glowing things. And Bridget had a great parent teacher conference as well. And I like went away from Monday feeling very smug about my parenting. I'm never smug about my parenting. I think that I am like, you know, as I've always said, like a B parent, like, not like a B-E-E, but like a, like a, <laughs> like a, like like a B plus or a B minus. Yes. <laughs> I'm like a solid B. Like I care for my kids and I feed them and make sure they're safe. But like, that's kind of my, where I level off. But anyway, so I was feeling very smug about like how, like what a great parent I am. And, you know, kind of told people like, oh, it was great. I'm so proud of my kids. And then um, I'm working away on Tuesday and it was, I was working on something that was not hard, but it was super tedious and I'm trying to focus on it. And, you know, I have an Apple watch and it just keeps buzzing with emails on my Gmail. And I'm like, what is that? And I look and one of them's whatever, it's junk. Like it's all junk. And then I see one from Rory's teacher and I think, what's this? And I look and it says, incident that's the title and, I'm like, oh, oh, no. shit. and so i'm like oh god okay and it says hey rory and a group of boys were throwing mud balls at passing cars at recess we discussed the danger of this <laughs> and he spoke with our assistant principal about it please discuss this at home with him as well best his teacher and i'm like oh shit <laughs> and I'm like, this is this is my bad luck this is the karma that came to get me you're if you're too smug about something it's gonna bite you in the ass so anyway um, I told a couple of friends and my friend Chelsea said, it's his Boston DNA. He was born to do this. <laughs> He's just like a hooligan. But so I picked him up from school and, you know, he ha- I have my mask on. He has this little mask on and he just sees I'm trying my best to make mom eyes like. Like, I'm not going to say anything right now, but I'm really not happy with your behavior. So I look at him. He's like, I'm sorry. Aww. Anyway, we talked about it and I. Um, with both of my kids, if I go too hard sometimes, then they kind of melt and do that thing that's very manipulative, but is very kiddish where it's like, I guess I'm the worst person in the world. And that's like, then they don't hear anything. So they I become be- passive aggressive. So I had to where they got there. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, I had to be very measured and I was like, listen, buddy, you know, I don't, I, I I'm I'm never going to be the parent that's like, my child would never do that. Like, I always just kind of assume the worst, mostly about my kids. But I'm like, you know, if somebody was doing it and you joined in or whatever, but like, you cannot do it. It's very dangerous if you're blocking, you know, the site. And also just like, that's, that's not nice. And whatever, we had a conversation and I had to coach him about going up to the teacher the next day and saying, sorry. So it's all good. It's fine. You know, he just is a little bit of a rapscallion sometimes. He's very cute and funny, but also a jerk and a rule breaker. And when I told Bridget or, you know, when she found out that he had to go see the assistant principal, her eyes were as like wide as possible. She was like, Oh my God. I'm like, I know that's what really bad kids have to do. <laughs> and she was like, Holy shit. But, um, anyway, that's all good. He's just, a you little... know, I used to do this at my aunt and uncle's house. They lived out in the country and they had an apple orchard on the side of their house. And my brother, And sister and cousins and I would sit by the side of the road, pick a bunch of apples, and then throw them at cars (laughs) as they drove by. So me and Rory are co-conspirators. You know, it's funny because when I was at work and I told my coworker Casey about it, and he was like, yeah, 
in Houston, we used to climb up to the top of a tree and um, like, like a big oak tree and throw acorns at cars passing mm-hmm. by. <laughs> so that's pretty. That seems a little less harmful yes. than either clods of mud or <laughs> apples. <laughs> yeah, and Dave said that they definitely threw snowballs at cars. You of know, course, back in Milton. That's, or, yeah, that's a pastime. <laughs> it's a rite of passage. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> but what he said days. is. We used to throw snowballs at cars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Really got into it. Uh, anyway, it's all good. But yeah, never say that you're good at anything because then you won't be good at it anymore. Did That's you the... jinx your child's I behavior? Did. Is that I what did. happened? Mm. I did. It was me. I'm so good at losing money. <laughs> <laughs> the best at it. Um, well, moving on, Meredith. You had a single single girl weekend. Tell us about I'm it. I'm having a single girl weekend. It is Woo-woo. existing currently. So yesterday, Gregory left town on his yearly board game trip. Nerd. Yeah. If there was anything dirtier, I'm not aware of it. They haven't done it. They didn't do it last year because of COVID. This year, everybody has to be vaccinated and submit a negative test within the last couple of days. So they're very, very strict about it, but it's like a, it's a large group of people that rent a huge, huge house and they're always in the mountains in Tennessee. Um, I'm picturing him stopping and having to answer like three questions from a wizard. But the first question is, have you experienced any cough, aches or fever in the last 14 days? <laughs> yeah. And it's his D and D DM who asked him the question. Sure. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, that's not too far off from reality. They have like it's a bunch of computer programmers too, so they and it's very competitive. Um, there are several facets to this this trip, and they create a database and they track every game that everybody's playing and who wins. And then there's like a, a winner announced at the end, um, and they organize like who's cooking each meal and who's cleaning up, and it's all very programmed. Um, and that means that I get like five days home alone by myself, which like, yeah, my, my first instinct is like, we get the bed all to myself. Like, this is going to be fun. And then I'm like, I'm bored. (laughs) I'm bored. I mean, what, and I was thinking, okay, like, what can I do? You know what that I can't do when he's here. And so all I've come up with so far is I'm definitely making mashed potatoes for dinner. (laughs) Um, you're pouring like sugar on them like yeah and I'm definitely gonna have like pasta at some point because that's something we never have at home so that's how I'm gonna party you had a rage man I know Meredith's weekend consists of mashed potato and any like just falling asleep from dinner (laughs) I'm full well that sounds great though I love a I love a alone weekend but yeah by the end of it you're like okay I want some people around yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's nice. I mean, you know, and I'm happy to ha- that he has this, and I've got my ski weekend that he doesn't come on. So, you know, it's it's a it's a good thing. I think. Good. good. Bye, Gregory. Bye. Bye. I say this a lot when people ask about the current living situation with me and Sam. I used to work with a guy. So way back when I was in school, I was on this university board, and there was this old doctor who was also on the board uh and he always told like the same four old man jokes all the time (laughs) and one of his four jokes was it's okay i'm sorry mrs g his wife she's not here tonight but it's okay because the secret to a successful marriage is going out twice a week so i go on tuesdays and thursdays and she goes on mondays and fridays (laughs) hilarious (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's the dumbest joke, but it's what I use whenever Sam's not around to explain why she's not around. Because <laughs> we were just on vacation for a few days together, and now she's back in Boston, and I'm back in Albany. And I legitimately, by day three of vacation, she would just look at me and say, what's up? And I was like, you have seen literally everything I've done for the last 72 hours. Like, we have nothing to talk about. I have yeah. nothing in my life. <laughs> Boring. It's now nice you know. that he goes to work in person because there's always stuff that, like, happens during the day that yeah. we can talk about. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. is a nice thing about that. Indeed. Um, okay, Bobby, it's time. I feel yes. like we should play the, like, um, you know, NBC News, like, breaking, like, fl- like flood update, news mm-hmm. update. Breaking, breaking is accurate because everything in my life is breaking. <laughs> everything is broken. Like, really, I stopped. So we were just on vacation. Sam and I went up to the Adirondacks for uh, a few weeks, which is the upstate New York mountain range here. Um, and I sat back and thought, I was just so fucking exhausted. Like, I slept for, like, 13 hours oh. one night. And I so woke nice. up and I was like, why was I so tired? And I was like, oh, right, because my apartment flooded, my laptop died and then my car oh it's so it's been a long long couple of weeks so let's do the flood update first i am in the uh i'm in the apartment here in waterworld studios um it is dry it has been dry since the the day of the flood uh however they have now come through and poked at things just to try to evaluate how bad it is and so they have removed a bunch of ceiling paint from my living room and from where they started, more of it is just sort of like hanging down off the ceiling. Yeah. There's a bit of attic space over this apartment and apparently it has that like blow in insulation in it. And so they're going to try to go up there this weekend and just like scoop all that out of there and see if everything is dry Ooh, after they do I that. I was just researching that for Money Pit Studios because we need to beef up some of the insulation in, in the house and oh. the only caution that I got about blow-in insulation is it's a real bear when it gets wet. Right. So glad it's not my house. Mm. Glad I won't be here this weekend. But they got to do that and then see if it's dried out because there is an odor. Oh, oh no. Because everything was wet. Everything is it like moldy? Wet. Yes. Oh, oh, no. So, yeah, no wonder I've been sneezing all day, right? So yeah. Talk about allergies. Yeah. It's yeah. not terrible or all the time and like i just have a window pointed in the kitchen window a fan pointed in the kitchen window pointed out and a window across the room open most of the time so it's just ventilating out but you just catch a whiff of it like every once in a while and also i never put the kitchen fully back together because there's work that needs doing yeah and so like every week i'm here now it's been two weeks i just like drag the microwave cart back into the kitchen mm-hmm. <laughs> my sunroom smelled like algae Ooh. for a lot of last summer <laughs> And it, it was distressing. It's right? like, oh, God, this can't be a good sign. So we're dealing with this here. And it's it's fine, except that, again, I don't have the full use of the kitchen because I don't want to bother setting it back up just to take it all back out. But if they end up having to take down the ceiling, like, I'm going to have to move all my shit into the bathroom because it's the only other room. And then just not live here for like a while. I would also recommend if they're going to do that to either plastic over your cabinets or take everything out because i didn't do that when they were working in my kitchen and everything in there got covered in a fine layer of dust (laughs) everything's coming out i mean uh better or worse there's only a couple of cabinets in this little kitchen so but everything's i'm basically gonna move out into the bathroom like everything's just Mm -hmm. it's a weirdly large bathroom so everything's just gonna go in the bathroom and then plastic it off and quarantine everything uh and then i'll just you know live at the hampton inn 
for a week while I'm here or whatever, which is fine. I did it before I got the apartment, whatever. But uh, so I'm dealing with all of that. Then uh, my laptop fried, which we all know, and it was brought back to life by the people at Mad Max. <laughs> Love them. Yeah. But I lost a handful of files that were only saved on my desktop. You know, I, I back up almost everything, but I lost a few things. And my audio quality last time I was on the show, I could hear it wasn't as good recording with the PC. I don't know if it was it was the same microphone, but something wasn't right. So there was that. Then last week, our first concert of the season on Saturday, I'm running around like crazy on Friday and Saturday trying to get a million things done. We had a successful concert. But Friday, as we're running around doing a million things, doesn't someone hit my parked car parked out in front of my office? I'm parked right on the street in a parallel spot. Somebody whips around the corner, loses control of their their vehicle, and smashes the back corner bumper of of the RAV4. Which is like a pretty new car, right? For me, it's yes. I mean, I've only had it since I've had this job, so yeah. five months. Yeah. But it's not a car that hit my car. It's a fucking tricycle. What? It's a It's a three-wheeled um, uh. Uh, little um, <laughs> trikey I car. I those things. It's a Vanderhall. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it's a rich people toy, right? Uh. It's this little um, hot roddy. Half motorcycle, I see those half car. all over Detroit all the time. Right? I don't know why. And the guy who hit me, first of all, there was a bunch of people outside and some people who work for the theater. And so, like, they made sure he did not leave. Good. And then I came out. Somebody got me. And then um, I'm talking to the guy. And the guy is just completely nonchalant about it. Like, he just gets up and he goes, yeah, I think something rolled under my brake pedal. I'm sorry about that. And, of course... Uh, his car has probably got a lot more damage than mine because it destroyed his radiator on his front end. And that little thing is, you know, probably annihilated the way it hit my car. Uh, but we just, you know, we swap information and he doesn't have regular insurance. He has like weird, <laughs> weird car insurance. It's, yeah. it's like weird uh, recreational vehicle insurance because oh, it's not a real car. God. It is street legal. Thank God. That was the first thing I was worried about when I saw it. There's a huge problem here and in Buffalo of kids and young adults tooling around on ATVs and dirt bikes in the city. Mm-hmm. And I was so worried that somebody in an ATV hit my car because <laughs> fuck if I'm going to get anything from insurance out of that. Yeah. Right? Did I tell you guys that Gregory almost got ran over on the sidewalk last <laughs> summer by a guy on a four-wheeler driving on the on the sidewalk in Detroit? Oh, my God. He, like, are... stepped back one step, and I saw what was happening in, like, slow motion. I was like, no, and, like, grabbed him, and he, it, like, nicked his heel in his shoe, and he didn't get hurt. But it was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I probably shouldn't post uh, the exact picture of the car that hit me because it's got, like, the license plates and stuff in it. But I will I, go look up Vanderhall, and you'll see what ridiculous man-child toy destroyed the back corner of my car. <laughs> If only a Vanderbeek was driving a Vanderhall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would have been much more convenient. Um, thankfully, the car is drivable. It's not terrible, but like I had to get a body shop. And the insurance, he did like immediately admit, like he called his insurance in front of me and was like, I was just in an accident. And then the, the dispatcher was just like, uh, okay, what happened? He was like, I hit a car, <laughs> a parked car, car. parked car. <laughs> 
Of course, probably when you pay as much for insurance as you do to insure something like that, you probably don't care, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Just fuck it. <laughs> I guess I think he was mainly concerned about getting the money for his car, although... You know, if he tells them what he told me, which is, I think, something... Because the inside of it's like a canoe or a kayak. Like, it doesn't have... Like, it's just one, vet, you know, one opening. And so there's nowhere to put stuff. And, like, something yeah. just literally rolled under his gas or his brake pedal. What a so, mess. That design, too, of two front wheels and one back wheel makes it really easy for it to top... I mean, I know it didn't, like, topple over into your car, but it's a bad design for yep. a car. So, uh... You know, I don't know uh, much. It looks like a... Wasn't there a Batman mobile that looked like this? I think so. Hmm. At some point. You have to ask Rory. <laughs> Please do. He's in jail, but... <laughs> Rory! <laughs> Once he once he gets out, or when you get your weekly phone call, please ask him mm-hmm. if this looks like a Batman mobile. So... Uh, all of that in the last couple of weeks. And so, I'm sorry I wasn't here last weekend, but I was on a much-needed vacation. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Golly. Uh, yeah. So uh, I found a body shop around the corner from my apartment called like Beaver Auto Body. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm waiting to see if the insurance will improve. It's like a $3,000 repair because they got to replace the yeah. bumper and the corner panel and bend mm-hmm. it out and paint it and all this shit. So I'm just waiting. But it's drivable. Thankfully, the back close is okay. So What a pain, though. I, I left a message for the adjuster yesterday. and I was like... And a rental car. I'm not even having this conversation. You're just going to call Enterprise and yes. fuck you. I need all of this. Yeah. I like that there's a Duncan ad just driving by on a bus on one of these pictures. <laughs> of course, of course there, there is. is. Yeah. And it's Albany, but it's a, you know, it's Duncan town. Yeah. Uh, also, I have a quick That's How They Get You, which I know is an old Mike Frizzell segment, but I, I wanted to bring it back because uh, this, this was a shock to us last night. We got back to Albany last night and... We were starving. It was one of those days where, like, we had nothing to do all afternoon, so we went and wandered around the mall and, <laughs> and like, Walmart, and then suddenly realized mm. it was, like, 7 o'clock and we were ready to eat our arms off. And we were going to get – we wanted Italian food, like, just a pasta dish, something simple, carby. We we also – uh, you know, we, we didn't have anyone with us who couldn't eat pasta, so we were celebrating. I don't know. <laughs> Quit bragging. And we were in a mall with the Cheesecake Factory. And I was like, well, that's an ideal option for something like that. However, there's a place across the street that I've never been to before, but it looks like a ridiculous, over-the-top, kitschy Italian restaurant. I want to go there in part because whenever I look for delivery in Albany, all of these ghost kitchens come out of this one place. And there's a sticker actually on the door so that all the delivery drivers can find all of the shit that comes out of this one restaurant. So if you order something from Guy Fieri's Flavor Town, <laughs> it it comes out of this kitchen. If you order a burger from Mr. Beast Burger, it comes out of here. If Food God comes out of here, Buddy V's Cake Slice comes out of here. Mariah's Cookies comes out of here. Tyga Bites, which I think is spicy chicken bites, comes out of there. And Wing Squad also comes out of here. And the restaurant is Buca de Beppo. Oh. <laughs> what? What treachery is this? Somewhere along the line, either a local Buca de Beppo franchisee or maybe Buca de Beppo corporate realized that they only needed 10% of their kitchen to boil spaghetti. Yeah, and, and microwave so... <laughs> chicken or whatever. <laughs> right. Family and style. 
it's it's all frozen, right? So yeah, you know they've got all the all of the delivery drivers are going because I always do that when I'm looking on the app and I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this restaurant I've never heard of? And they all have the same address. I'm like, okay, so I I get it, Ghost Kitchens, and I've never ordered from any of those, but I thought, you know, I want Italian food, and this place is always on my mind. I've never been to a Buca di Beppo. I've never heard of Buca di Beppo until I got to Albany. Are either of you familiar with this brand? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. There's one down the street from my parents' house. This is news to me. I've never been there. So I just thought to myself, okay, let's do it. Let's go to Buca di Beppo. I like how it sounds. That's the only thing I like about it. (laughs) Right? So we go in and we get seated in in a small dining room near a bar. I think it's the only side of the restaurant that's open. They're clearly doing like... 98% 98% takeout orders. Yeah. Because of all these drivers coming and going for these different restaurants. And we sit, and uh, of course, it lives up to the reputation that I had thought it had. You know, the red tablecloths and the ridiculous decor everywhere. I, I did not know this. So I, the booth we were in, the picture on the wall right next to us was an Italian soccer team all in a crouched position. So their balls were just right in your face. Ooh. Like just their soccer moose- balls or their balls balls. <laughs> their their balls balls. <laughs> oh dear! And um, there was a a uh, was it a goat? I think a shot of a goat's balls, just a goat from behind on the wall what? behind me, and a Rubenesque woman, which I think is an okay term considering it's technically art. Um, mostly topless and eating spaghetti behind me, which made Sam very uncomfortable, but I didn't see it most of the time. And so, like, this is the decor of a Buca di Beppo. Like, it's the combination yeah. of like. Italian, uh, I think it, it, the Buca di Beppo is loosely Italian. I think I looked it up for like Italian guy's basement. Like it's meant to be like a rumpus room. It's ridiculous. And so we're here and the one table behind us is going on and on about how people are cheating welfare and how we should stop the extra money for, <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, no. so that's happening. <laughs> and uh, we go to order and we look at the menu and I did not realize it was a family style restaurant. Yes, it is. And so we're looking at the menu and I'm like, what the fuck? Like $35 for a chicken parm? Oh, okay. Cause it feeds 18 people. Yeah. Okay. So we decide we're going to get a salad. That was a mistake. The salad was terrible. I mean, it was fine, but it was worse than an Olive Garden salad. Like that's what we wanted was an Olive Garden salad. And it was not good for the like $14 we paid for a garden salad to split. And then we ordered the chicken parm, which is like three massive pieces of chicken parm. And the waitress just looks at us and goes, so just the chicken, you're, you know, that's just the chicken, right? What? And we're like, okay, so sure. And then Sam was like, no, wait a minute. It doesn't come with pasta. And she's like, no, it's just the three pieces of, you know, the chicken parm. It's just deep fried chicken. It's 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 sauced and cheese, but it's just mm. the chicken. And I'm, and we're like, uh, okay, give us a minute. And so we send her away, and we realize that's how they get you. We paid thirty five dollars or something for a plate of three giant pieces of chicken, <laughs> which is whatever. But then we paid another twenty four dollars for what was essentially a one pound box of spaghetti that somebody <laughs> boiled for us. Oh my god! Because you have to order the pasta a la carte, and that's kind of the only way you can get it. Yeah. So buca de pepo. That's how they get you. <laughs> you know, I've my parents used to order there when we'd have like a lot of people in and they had a decent Caesar salad, but that's the only thing I ever remember 
I only have gotten the Caesar. I only have gone there with like large groups of people, and I'm always like, it's fine, you know, whatever. Well, I thought it was going to be like a spaghetti warehouse or something where like it was going to be ridiculous portions and you know decent prices. But no, like you get your no. own thing. No, no it's it's family style. It ended up being eighty dollars <laughs> plus tip for the two of us, and we did not drink. Like I was going to say. I, I had a, a lemonade. Sam had an iced tea. <laughs> but we got a salad. Salad. And, <laughs> I know you're looking for it. And the chicken parm. And a fucking... I mean, it was, it was literally... It was just a pound of spaghetti in a bowl with, like, a handful of tomatoes and, you know, like, the smallest bit of sauce on top of it. And then I asked if there was bread. And she was like, well, we have the garlic bread, which is, like, $14. <laughs> or you can or get the table bread. And I was like, I will be taking the table bread. And then I made her bring me more because I was just mad. I need more table bread. So more carbs. And then I realized something as I'm listening to the other table's order. It is a restaurant you go to with a coupon. Oh. Mm, I did not know that. I wouldn't have gone. It's the bed, bath, and beyond of yes. restaurants. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 Buca de Beppo and beyond. <laughs> Every other fucking table had a coupon. And then the other waitress, who wasn't our waitress, who was not a great waitress, the other waitress, I could definitely, at multiple tables, hear her go, oh, don't worry, I've got a 20% off. I can, you know, You're just like, like hey! any good, oh. right? And then our waitress was just like, here's your check. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck. It's like I signed up for the email list, and but of course they're smart, so you do that, but you don't get the email. So at six o'clock this morning, I got two coupons. <laughs> but yeah, fuck Buchan about. I mean, I probably like the food was good. It wasn't yeah. eighty dollars good. I'll go back now that I you know I'll have like a seventy percent. You need off to coupon. go with like your team. Like you need to go with like yeah. a group of people. Right, there. somebody going through a growth spurt. <laughs> Take a teenage boy. Yes. Like, the night before the big game. Yes. Right. <laughs> Take Aiden um, McQuillan. Mm, yep. Happy mm-hmm. 16th birthday. Remember oh when gosh. he was just our adorable sidekick who wanted to hang out with us? Oh He's a grown-ass man now. I know. I know. It's what happened? I don't know. We're getting old. We've been doing this too long. So anyway, <laughs> after this, I have um, like three portions of leftovers in the fridge that I'm eating for dinner. From <laughs> I was going to say, I hope you have at least like four meals out of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be here just eating a pound of spaghetti, or, you know, a pound minus two reasonable sides of spaghetti. <laughs> well, maybe I'll come over and have some pasta with you. Nice. All right. It's a pasta party. Yeah. Uh, so that's my life in a nutshell. I also, um, I'm going to put it on the back burner. We'll save it for another episode. But while we were up in uh, the mountains, I found in a grocery store Werther's original brand caramel popcorn, <laughs> which seems counterintuitive for so many reasons, because if your demographic has dentures, you probably don't want to be eating caramel popcorn. That is bad for your dentures, bro. Right? So I bought it because science... And so I will try it maybe for a future episode. So the bag is sitting here staring at me. But I'm interested. We, we've got, you know, too much going on today. So we'll save it for another episode. But <laughs> no, that's coming. Prepare. That's right. And I'm going to keep talking, aren't I? Yes, you mm-hmm. are. Okay. So I missed our planning session this week, which we call our jambo, our jamboree. Because I was on vacation, and I have been rewarded for missing it by being given the mailbag. <laughs> there you go. You act like it's a punishment. <laughs> it's not a punishment when Justina writes in, because I love it when Justina writes in. Justina writes, hi, all. Sorry to hear about the water woes of Bobby and the cat woes of Meredith. Thank you, Justina. Mm-hmm. I didn't write last week as I was dealing with my own woe, the extraction of a molar 
as the first step on the six to eight month path of getting an implant. I'm over the worst of it now. Knock wood. Winky emoji. Ugh, horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Justina, I'm going to read the rest of your email in a minute. I have been there many times over all at once. I had so many implants put in my mouth. I am basically the $6 million face. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you are through the worst of it. That is the worst part. The anchors are actually not so bad. It gets better from here. I promise. I've been there. I feel for you. It gets better. It's like the anti-bullying thing. It gets better. Um, but but I feel for you. Uh, she writes, catching up. Here's a link to my favorite cake. HPP. HTTP colon slash. No, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but <laughs> we'll, we'll plug it later. It's a honey and it's a milk and honey mousse cake, um, which sounds delicious. And she says it is delicious. And I read the blog post that she links to from 2013 here for this milk and honey mousse cake. I will not make this cake, but I do know where that farm stand is outside of Boston where it came from. So I will go try to buy this cake <laughs> if they still make it because it sounds great. She then writes, as for superstitions, I come from Poland and I'm culturally Jewish. So I have many I grew up with. Don't sit oh, yeah. on the ground. You'll get sick. Whoa. I've heard that one. Yeah. We can't celebrate the birthday ahead of time. It invites disaster. Mm-hmm. Plus the spilled salt thing, the knock wood thing. This one made me laugh. And the no talking about feeling good about life, <laughs> lest the fates intervene. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> My personal favorite is the one where you can't name a baby after a living relative because you're wishing they were dead. <laughs> well, maybe that's sometimes that's a good idea. This isn't a super widespread belief, but it's a big one in my mother's side of the family. And since my mom is one of nine siblings and I am one of 18 cousins, this is a non-trivial challenge. Uh, Justina also writes, P.S. I know Noel Fielding from his season on the show Taskmaster, which I think is on YouTube. If you like British panel game shows, check it out. I recommend starting with the later season. Season one was still working out the format, old season to season four, and it's a good one. So Taskmaster Master season four for more. I know him Noel from Fielding. Mighty Boosh, which is also hilarious. Or at least it was when I was in college. I hope it's still hilarious, but yeah. I'll, te I'll check it out because I like him a lot. Um, Justina also wrote some more stuff just to us, and none of you are cool enough to read it or yes. uh, read to you. But uh, <laughs> no, you can always do that, too. We're, we're happy to hear from you, even if you have stuff that's not for the show. Um, I have one of those. I, she reminded me one of the um, superstitions, like in a culturally Jewish um, world, is not you can't like give somebody baby gifts before they have the baby. Mm, like a lot oh, of sure. more conservative Jews or I think even like reformed Jews don't have baby showers or anything before the baby because it's bad luck. Like, mm. I believe that. Yeah. You got to time that just right or you can have a naked baby for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be me in my dreams. having <laughs> That baby a, that I'm unprepared for. You're a naked baby. <laughs> in my dreams. Uh, on to last week's question of the week. Uh, what is one superstition you kind of believe? And I have to be honest, I've been thinking about this all week and I don't have a good answer myself. So I'm, I don't, I don't know. I did the not stepping on cracks thing. Then I did the intentionally stepping on cracks thing. It never worked. <laughs> Sorry, Candy. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'll get back to it. See if anything comes to me. But in the meantime, we've got a whole bunch from listeners. Amanda says, I think it's good luck when I spot my initials on the license plate of the car in front of me when I'm driving. Sure. 
whatever That's works cute. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Bet says don't cross off the day of the calendar until it's actually over. I hear that. Who is a uh, paper calendar? <laughs> that's a good point kate says i don't fuck around with spilled salt i will throw that over my shoulder every time uh tr says i still make wishes every time i lose an eyelash by blowing it off my thumbnail uh though no lotto jackpots yet yet is the operative are, are you playing the lotto though that's what I, like that's the thing like i don't ever win it when i was young i would buy scratch offs on payday but like i haven't i'll i'll do an occasional time. scratch off Feels After good. this, I'm going to go take some Tishi Jam money and go buy some scratch-offs. <laughs> uh, Daniel writes, when I get on an airplane, I have to grab the door frame with my left hand and tap my ring three times against the outer hull. That way the wings don't snap off mid-flight or some other <laughs> such nonsense. Oh, okay. Good. I don't actually believe it does shit, but so far... Yeah, there's there's a there's a fair amount of plain stuff. I wonder. I wonder if Will does any of that. Like if he. Yeah. (laughs) And how do we feel about everybody touching the airplane? Stop (laughs) touching the airplane. I don't want people's shit all over the outside. Yeah, what if it's like this airplane crashed because there were too many skin oils on the hull? Sadly, I think I think I've learned through the years how little finesse those machines actually have. Uh, Alan writes, I always touch the outside of the plane with an open right palm as I'm boarding and pat once or twice every Very flight. Specific. <laughs> so- yeah. Uh, this is um, a few weeks ago. I was in Harvard Square and there were some tourists and there's a big statue of John Harvard sitting on a chair and you're supposed to touch his toe for good luck. And so I told them that because they were standing there and uh, everybody believed me and started touching his toe, to which then I thought, <laughs> fuck, I can't remember if that's real or if I made that up. <laughs> Turns out it is real. I did not make it up. Though Sam still gives me shit for making everybody touch John Harvard's toe. But, um, like, what a germ sharing thing. Yes. Like, let's all touch the same spot oh, on the airplane yeah. as we're coming yeah. in. Ew. No, I mean, yeah. like, when when I was in Ireland, everybody was kissing the Blarney Stone, no, and no. I was like, that's no. nasty, no. you guys. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I am not a germaphobe in the least, but I'm also like, Bleh. no. I'm not either, but I'm not going to kiss a communal <laughs> No, I'm not putting thing. my mouth on a rock <laughs> that... <laughs> no. Uh, Brandon also writes, I must double tap the outside of a plane when boarding. <laughs> See, I would have thought you'd get yelled at for that. I've flown hundreds of times in the last couple of years and i never think to touch the outside of the airplane i bet you can do it covertly yeah you know while, sure. while you're in line to board Just and bang it notice. Bam, bam. Yeah. uh emily writes i'm a believer i'm a i'm a middle school teacher and i believe in science but also the power <laughs> of the full moon <laughs> that's so funny i have done there I, okay i was at henry ford for 12 years and I did two studies on whether or not the full moon had anything to do with ER admissions or psychiatric admissions and it does not and it's been proven over and over and over and again that it has nothing to do with anything I'm sorry to burst your bubble and I hope this doesn't like ruin anything for you but it just really doesn't do anything Uh, I will leave it to you Hillary to choose any track off full moon fever that you want to go out on this episode no I already have my song picked out I feel like I'm fighting a losing battle on that like nobody wants to believe that that's true but it's just nothing the tides I don't know nope the tide is high the the blondie cover no you have a song picked out already okay Denny says I believe that 13 is my lucky number without any evidence whatsoever I like that wow flipping the script that's right 
Megan says, I too am a lady scientist. However, <laughs> great sentence. <laughs> Jinxing things in your home slash car by talking about how great or faithful they have been. My friends and I say, quote, Murphy is listening like Murphy's law. Yeah. Yeah. That's very yeah, much like a jinx. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph writes, wishes and jinxes. Jink, jink guy? Jinxes for sure. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone mention wishes when the clock strikes 11-11, but that's a thing. Really, any time that repeats a number like 222, 333, etc. I have lucky shirts and lucky underwear. Hmm. It's a little personal. I strive not to break any mirrors or walk under any ladders. I mean, I do. I also strive not to break any mirrors, just as a matter of course. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm constantly giving and receiving vibes. <laughs> I try to say rabbit rabbit at the beginning of every month and especially the beginning of a new year. And if I find a coin heads up, I keep it for luck. But if it's tails, I give it to someone else and we both have good luck. Joseph, I did all these things when I was in eighth grade. (laughs) (laughs) Although I only made wishes when it was one, two, three, four o'clock. Um, That's the one that I I feel like I notice the most. And I'm always like, is this my lucky time? Because I always notice it. But I think it's just like (laughs) a confirmation kind of like I just notice. I probably look at the clock all the time. Just because it's a notable time. You don't notice when it's 314. (laughs) I know. I was going to say, actually. Maybe that was a bad example. Now I'm wondering what John 314 is. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. I guess that's actually not bad. I always wanted to get like a decal for my car for a Bible verse that was just absolute nonsense. <laughs> like they just led to nothing useful at all. Anyway, uh, Julie says, I guess part of me must believe in knock wood because I can't keep myself from doing it. It's true. Jennifer writes, as yet another lady scientist, I knock on a lot of wood and always look for a baby when boarding an airplane parenthetically because it's my own superstition that this is good luck which far outweighs the, the problem of a crying child yeah that's like contrary to everyone else's yes. opinion yeah. of course if jennifer flies southwest then she's also doing that to get as far away as possible from that baby so uh amy says never say it's a quote quiet night in the hospital yeah jinx yeah also never a quiet night on rollerblades no Roller skates. Skates. Excuse me. Skates. How dare you? Love you, Amy. Sorry. (laughs) Anne says, I can generate customers on a slow day by heating up my lunch. (laughs) (laughs) That one made me laugh. I believe it. Megan only picks up change heads up. Sean writes, when I cook and sprinkle salt, I throw any that's still stuck on my fingers or that spills over my left shoulder. It's a habit at this point. Certainly not worth the risk of not doing it, though. Certainly not. No. Several cents worth of salt through the years going over your shoulder. Uh, Lane writes, as an INTJ lady scientist, I just can't buy into superstitions, luck, numerology, astrology, etc. However, as a kid, I would hold my breath driving past a cemetery because my friends did it, though I never mm-hmm. knew the reason why. Maybe so ghosts don't steal your soul or something. Ironic, considering that the same age my mom and I used to do rubbings of really old gravestones <laughs> in a small rural cemetery by my grandma's house. Cool. That is cool. Mm-hmm. You're like, I will, you know, rub all over this, but <laughs> don't drive by it. I have to hold don't my take my soul. I just want to steal your grave. I'm just going to just cut out the part of Hillary saying, I'll rub all over this. <laughs> Lucy says, I am Chinese and I don't like the number four because it's a homonym for death in Mandarin. That's what we were trying to think of. Yeah, Yeah, that's like what Christy was saying. 
uh, Ellen says, I knock on wood, or at least say I'm knocking on wood. Well, yes. So her superstition is lying. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) It's only when there's not wood around. I know what she's doing. And Gregory says, don't whiz on the electric fence. Wise words. I challenged him about this because I was like, how is that a superstition? And uh, let's see. He texted me because he's in Tennessee. He said, I haven't done it. I haven't seen anyone do it. I don't know anyone who's done it. And I haven't looked to see if it's been researched. So if it, if it exists in a myth or myth adjacent state in my head, which is basically a superstition, right? So accepted. Okay. I did look it up, though, and it is possible um, if you're close enough to it. Hmm. Interesting. All right. <laughs> well, wise words from Gregory. I mean, still don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, live science says you could get electrocuted. So I guess that's as far as I'm like, oh, there's a National Geographic UK video about it. Oh, Mythbusters did a thing about it. Oh, okay. Too. Yeah, that makes sense. That seems like yeah. the kind of thing um, they would do. Yep. yep. And then they would build a robot that pees perpetually at different distances <laughs> and different wattages. And Yeah, the, yeah. the only doubt is that like the spray, <laughs> I read too much about this, the spray will turn into droplets very quickly. Oh. Um, but if it doesn't, if you're close enough to it, then the, the current can travel up the stream. And this definitely has happened on subway third rails. People have died sure. that way. So you need a really steady stream. So you have to be really drunk. No, you and... need to like, you want to disperse. You want those droplets to not like. Oh, no, I, no I'm talking about if you want successful electrocution. Oh, if you want it. Mean... Okay, sure. I suppose. Successful. Yeah, it depends on what your goal out. is. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if you're peeing on an electric fence, aren't you looking for trouble? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. All right. And on that note, speaking of trouble, Hillary, take us to medium talk. All right. Let's do medium (laughs) talk. I think a a while ago, I know I I mentioned it, and I think a bunch of us agreed, like, there's two things that I hate most in this life, like, that really are just, like, a pet peeve or just, like, I get freaked out. And one is being late, which I'm a little bit more Mm -hmm. accepting of now. And the other is being lost. I hate being lost. I hate that feeling. I do not have, like... Want, like let's just get lost and like you know figure out where we end up at the end of the world like I I can't do it. I, no. I have to have directions so getting lost is just it's it's not even a pet it just it freaks me out way too much but it has happened to me for sure and I, Dave and I really differ on this Dave I love him dearly he has a terrible sense of direction like a a terrible terrible sense of direction and kind of my first question on this is do you consider yourself having a good sense of direction because I personally do think I have a good sense of direction if I'm navigating I can usually figure it out now if I'm a passive um, passenger I don't pay as much attention and I don't like that because I'm not in control and I don't really understand where I am but if I'm driving or if I'm leading then I can usually figure it out but what about you guys do you have a good sense of direction Bobby um, I'm going to go with yes. I think I do. Um, I tend to be the navigator in most situations. And um, I don't know if I chalk it up to my um, my Boy Scout days or whatnot. But um, I've always been pretty good at like reading a map and orienteering and also just generally having a good sense of where to go and failing all else. Uh, I also just have some unearned confidence on top of that. So <laughs> even if I don't really know where to go, like I'll probably figure out where to go. I've also never been shy about it though. Like 
Yes. I'm not like, I'm not a, I'm a man. I'm not going to ask for directions. Yeah. What a funny trope. Like another one of those tropes that doesn't work in the era of cell phones, but like, yes. I, yeah, I, I just have always kind of been able to sort of puzzle it out or figure it out or use context clues to kind of figure out what I need to go somewhere. Um, and once I go somewhere a couple of times, I can usually bank it away and yes. know how to get there over and yes. over and over again after that. Yeah. That, I feel that way. If I get someplace once, then I'm like, okay, you can like store it in some little part of your brain. Like I will always uh, remember this. Um, Meredith, do you think you have a good sense of direction? It's hard to say. I do now. I think I probably always did. But as I'll get into later, I had kind of a skewed perspective on where I grew up. So I got lost constantly there. But I haven't gotten lost since I left. So I think I think I do. Leaving the nest made you yeah. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I you know, it's it's one of those things. I definitely think like when I was a kid, like I said, when my parents are just driving me around, I had no idea. And I remember my dad telling me like when I got my car kind of trying to how to figure out how to get places. This just shows you. Meredith, you'll understand. He said, Northwest Highway is north of us. And that I was like, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. then I, Dallas, to be fair, Dallas is very grid-like. Like, it, yes. there's not a lot of curves in Dallas. So it was easy to orient myself. Like, okay, if I go towards Northwest Highway, that means I'm driving north. Um, Until you get north past- of Northwest Highway. <laughs> no, but at least I knew what direction I was going from my house. Like, this is north. That's, you know. Anyway, and then living in Los Angeles, um, there are geographical borders of what is the direction you're going if you're not in the valley. So if I'm looking at the mountains, that's north. And if the ocean is to my left, then uh, that's west. Anyway, but um, uh, my lovely husband couldn't quite figure that out because he would always stay in Boston, you could be on, you know, Whatever south, something north, something like it. It's all kind of curvy, and he's like, he's, "I just never learned right. it." Yeah. yeah, it's it's such a clusterfuck. I mean, they took all these horse trails and turned them into roads, <laughs> and they just bob and weave everywhere. And it's yeah, true. I hate yeah, driving can, there. You can be on three highways that are all merged together at one point, and you can be on a north and an east and a west highway, all heading somewhat south. <sighs> yeah, stupid. Anyway. With that said, we're going to tell some stories of when we got lost. So um, I did ask Dave, I said, can you tell me sometimes I got lost that like I can't remember? And he's like, I mean, because he's nice. He said, I can't think of any stories of when you got lost. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's not true. But thank you for um, pumping up my pride and my navigation skills. But uh, but there definitely are some stories. But to start, Bobby, tell us a story. Sure. So I've only got a couple here, really only one and then a half one after this, but uh, and I, I think I've told this story before on the show because we've been doing this for so goddamn long. But <laughs> I, I will bring it back for everyone and let everyone be scared yet again. So this was about a decade ago. Sam and I were in Waikiki on vacation. Um, and we were still poor back then, you know, like poor, poor, a lot poorer than we are now. And so we were in Waikiki on the cheap. You know, we were there for two weeks. I She was there for two weeks. I was there for one. She was there because a couple of her best friends were getting married and it was a destination wedding. And we were there at like, we were, we were in a crappy hotel. Like it was actually perfectly fine, but it was a few blocks from the beach and it was a living social deal. Remember living social? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was like right? the Groupon, the like alt Groupon. Right? Yeah. And we got this hotel for like $40 a night. <laughs> And so we were slumming it, 
we were going to the ABC store to buy like the cheap mats that you lay out on the sand. And we were eating like grocery store food most of the time. And we didn't have a rental car. So we decided that we would spoil ourselves and go up to this really nice restaurant that we had heard of somewhere. I don't remember the restaurant now. Um, on the northern side of the island, we thought we would take a trip to the northern shore of the island and do this whole thing and go on a little excursion. But we did not have, again, a rental car or any money. So we took the bus because there, there's a decent <laughs> bus system on Oahu. And so we take the bus up to this restaurant and that's fine. I mean, it's it's a public bus, but it is what it is. It's fine. We get there and we're having lunch and then we hear about this great beach or we had heard about this great beach that was on the north shore uh not f- far from this restaurant we, so we asked the server like oh hey such and such a beach it looked gorgeous in the pictures where is it and she goes oh well it's it's right up that way and we're like great okay that's awesome so we finish our lunch and we're like well we'll just it's right up that way so we'll just walk up that way and one of the things that we had learned when we were in Oahu is there are no private beaches on Oahu. All of the beaches are technically public. So theoretically the coastline is all public. So like you can own a fancy house on the land, but like the, the 20 or 40 feet or whatever of beach is, is anyone can use it. And we're like, well, we'll just walk there. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Cause it's this nice wide, clean beach. So we go down and we get to the water and we start walking and we're like, I'm in sandals and shorts and a t-shirt. Sam's in like a similar attire. You know, we're not dressed for a hike. We're dressed for barely a walk and we're going and we're going and we're going and we're not (laughs) seeing people. (laughs) And we keep walking and keep walking and we're walking for like an hour and a half. Oh my God. And we're not seeing anyone and then to the left of us is the ocean and to the right of us is just a thicket of green because all these rich houses they put a lot of greenery to block uh like you know, privacy some, some, yeah. some level of privacy and then they all just have these little paths they cut down to the beach but they all say no trespassing like they're all very adamant do not walk through here and we're like well how the fuck do we get off this beach we keep walking finally we see a couple of people they are um dark brown from repeat skin burn tan like oh, like like there's something about mary <laughs> yeah they're old and they're fishermen and they look disheveled and sunburned and scary and shoot us a dirty look when we're walking by like we don't belong here at all and it, they don't really look like they belong there either <laughs> And we're just like, what the fuck? And so we keep walking and, and we're a couple hours into this, this death march. Now we have no idea where we're going. But you're like find... pot committed a little bit. Well, like, part uh... of it is that, but also where the fuck else do we go? Like, yeah. we're not going to walk all the way back to the restaurant at this point. We figure eventually we got to find civilization. And we're just like, we need water. We need a bathroom. We need something to take care of our feet. <laughs> like, we're just miserable. And finally, we see a little bit of a clearing on the right between some super ridiculous nice houses. And we just go for it, even though we're not supposed to trespass. And we walk through and we get dirty looks from a realtor who's got a house listed or showing a house or something. Or we think it's a realtor. She's just too nice for that world. And we cut through this little subdivision from there of all these beautiful McMansion-y houses 
and we get to the main road and we finally find a bus stop and we sit there and we say, and we must've waited half an hour, 45 minutes. It felt like an eternity and the bus going North finally comes and we don't know when the next bus coming South is coming. So we're like, well, fuck it. We just have to get out of here. Yeah. So we get on the bus going North and it goes and it goes. And uh, a few minutes down the bus, we finally see the goddamn beach we were looking for the whole time. <laughs> when the waitress said it was right down there, she thought we had a car. Uh, and there's only one road <laughs> going uh, that way. So this, you know, several hours into this death march, we actually got off the bus, went to the beach, used the bathroom, got cleaned up, enjoyed the beautiful beach, got back on the bus and decided that we would just keep going north because at this point now we really were pot committed. We ended up taking the bus all the way around the island, <laughs> up to the North Shore and all the way back down again. Ended up being like a full, like, 12-hour day. <laughs> you, got a, you got a like cheap, like, tour bus. Well, yeah. right, because at that point, it's like, well, we're going to get our $3 worth or whatever. <laughs> yeah. We got off at Ted's Pies, where you're supposed to get the special local pie, and we got the pie and got back on, and... It was miserable, and I'll never do it again. And I thought we were going to die for a solid hour. <laughs> I thought one of those fishermen was just going to kill us, or we were going to just dehydrate, you know, die of dehydration and starvation, sunstroke. Uh, um, we were the next day. We were miserable, yeah. <laughs> sore. Our feet were gross. Um, but that was us getting lost in Oahu because we thought we could just walk all the way around it. <laughs> Got a lovely. Well, at least it's sort of pretty. I guess. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. I somewhere deep down, because I had my phone with me, but it was dying. And of course, this is a 10 years ago cell phone, so it wasn't as good. And I was like trying to find us on the map and like intermittently getting GPS. <laughs> terrible. But uh, I think I have pictures somewhere. I'll see if I can find them. Uh, Meredith. Okay. I don't have a single story because this happened to me so many times. When I lived in Grand Rapids, I got lost constantly. <laughs> um, and I think, okay, I had like a mental map of the city, of course, but it was upside down in my head. <laughs> and so my mom rarely to never drove on the highway. So like we, everywhere we went was on side streets because she does not, like she was really uncomfortable with the highway and going fast. So like we would take a, you know, 30 minute drive to the mall when it could have taken us 10 minutes just because we went on side streets. So that I think messed with my perception and also the numbered streets in Grand Rapids increase as you go south, not north. Oh. So that really kind of threw me for a loop. And so like, I don't know, I, I worked out on 68th Street and I always had the perception that I was north of where I lived, but I was actually south. And so when I went off of my usual path to go somewhere, this is like early, early in my driving days in the 1900s <laughs> and I didn't have a GPS. <laughs> so I was, you know, kind of like winging it um, and just kind of like hoping that I would recognize where I was to be able to get back home. And I, it never worked. I don't know why I ever did this, but it, it always went wrong. And so at least by this point, I had a cell phone and I would call my sister and I would say, okay, here's the street that I'm on. Here's the street that I just passed. And she would like go on MapQuest or of something. Course. 
because that's all there was. (laughs) And she would like, yeah, basically. Yeah. And and she would stay on the phone with me and guide me to where I, until I knew where I was and I could get home. And that was like my GPS when I was 16. (laughs) So I got a GPS as soon as I could. And then I didn't get lost. But as soon as I moved to Detroit after grad school, I didn't get lost ever again. Like Detroit is pretty well laid out. Um, It's famously a spoken wheel kind of place starting from downtown and it's it's always been easy for me to get around i never had any trouble in dallas dallas made tons of sense to me yes so i didn't get lost there either even when i was new there um and now in detroit i mean like i use my gps on my phone all the time but it's only because i want to like the best yeah Yeah. based on traffic and like if it is this the most efficient route and stuff like that so other if it weren't for that i probably would never need to use it because i know how to get everywhere i'm going now but i used to get lost constantly that is the worst that's that's a really bad feeling of the disorientation of where you are because another thing that dave and i talk about as i say like when i'm driving i picture myself on a map like i picture where i am on a Mm -hmm. map sort of like i like visualize it and when you can't get it like when you're like i think i'm going north and you're going south or whatever it just it's sort of like it's so frustrating because you're bucking against what you actually you know think but you're wrong and you're like but yeah i'm right i know and it's frustrating too because like when I was in sixth grade, I went to school, I went to zoo school and we did orienteering <laughs> training and mountaineering training. Like we <laughs> were taught how to like find our way around if we were lost in the woods. And I still couldn't apply that to driving because it was such a different like situation, I guess. Yeah. No, totally. Ugh. Ugh, it's frustrating. Um, yep. Okay. Um, the, the time that sticks out to me the most, okay. As I was like completely bragging about like how amazing my sense of direction is and me kind of like shit talking Dave about his sense of direction, which really is crappy. But like, so when I first moved to Los Angeles, my roommate at the time, my friend Chelsea, she drew me a map. This was 2003. She, I had a silver flip phone that was like the best phone. It was so cute, but um, it didn't really have any navigation on there. So um, she drew me a map of Los Angeles and she drew like, um, you know, four streets going you know, east, west, and four growing, going north, south. And she was like, these are the streets that you need to know. Now, of course, you need to know. Los Angeles is a gigantic city, but actually it was really great because that's what I needed to know to start out with. So as once I got comfortable with those, I could like just build on it. And basically what would happen is I would go shopping somewhere, I would date somebody somewhere, and I would get to know and just build upon my knowledge of Los Angeles. And Los Angeles in some ways is, it's like, you know, like Dallas in a way and that it's very grid like. So it's pretty easy to roam around. The one area of town that I really didn't know that Dave did know was downtown. Now downtown's kind of cool now, but um, back, this was like right when the Staples Center first opened, I think. And there just wasn't anything down there. There were offices, but it it shut down after, you know, 530 or six or whatever. I don't remember why I was downtown. I don't, I don't know what I was doing. I wasn't buying drugs or anything. I just was like doing something downtown. I don't know what it was. And I just got turned around and I couldn't quite find my way back to like sort of this like sunset area by Dodger stadium. I just couldn't like, I couldn't figure it out. And I'm, and that part is a little bit more, it doesn't quite make sense. And and things are go askew. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I think, I think if I turn left here, then that will that'll get me there and i i turn left and there are hundreds of people on this street like hundreds and hundreds of people and it's kind of like nighttime it's like dusk 
And I'm like, what is happening down here? And all of a sudden I realize I'm on Skid Row. Like I am driving through Skid Row of Los Angeles. And it was just like hundreds of homeless people or people, you know, without homes. And at first I was scared just because I was like, holy shit. But then I realized it's like, it's sort of this own, well, it's not sort of, it is its own community. And it, it just, they just parted, you know, because I, they're used to cars coming through. So it's not like they're going to hop in front. But it was one of those times where I was like, I have no idea where the fuck I am. And now I'm in the middle of like, sort of a weirdly iconic part of Los Angeles. And I'm like in my little Toyota Corolla, like, probably smoking a cigarette I mean like I don't know where I am and I eventually found my way and found some street that I could like hook into something else but it is it's like when you're just completely lost I don't know I that was one of those times where I was I it was less like right when I first got there I was sort of nervous for my safety but once I it was kind of amazing but then I was just like oh god I gotta figure this out I need to go drive around downtown a little bit more so <laughs> yeah that was I had to and Dave Dave weirdly knew his way around downtown of all places I don't know why he knew his way around there but he he I think was, was a, buying trucks <laughs> yeah god, no um no he was like yeah you're not supposed to go down that street dummy but um anyway i made it obviously made it through alive it was fine um bobby do you have anything else well this one's not so much a a a single story of getting lost as it is just a regular occurrence of my childhood pre-gps so we would go to canada excuse me we would go to canada all the time Uh, to visit my family. So sometimes we would go to London, Ontario, and sometimes we would go up to Kempville, Ontario, which is where my family is originally from, which is this tiny little town outside of Ottawa. And whenever we would go, we would always be going on the institutional memory of someone who had made that trip a lot (laughs) and was confident they didn't need directions and then would fuck up a turn somewhere. (laughs) Yep. And so... London, uh, Meredith knows, London's halfway between Buffalo and Detroit, so mm-hmm. it's kind of a straight shot. It's just a couple of highways, but the QEW is one of those highways that bends around the lake, and so when you're east, you're west, when you're west, you're east, it's a little confusing sometimes. And uh, I would say almost every drive to London from western New York as a kid, uh, we would hit Hamilton, which is where you have to make the fork because you want to go to London and not toronto which are in opposite directions of one another and we would invariably end up halfway to toronto from hamilton before someone God. realized we were going the wrong fucking way oh. we'd have to get off i'm around, sorry then just go to highway. toronto you're committed you gotta go to toronto <laughs> right? that's what you have to do yeah <laughs> and the biggest problem at hamilton uh besides the fact that their football team is the tiger cats one word with a capital c in the middle <laughs> is that um you would uh there's a shortcut, quote unquote, like there's a little highway that connects the two main highways you need. And so everyone would always just say, oh, make sure you stop at the Redville Parkway or is it the Red Dawn Parkway? I mean, like, whatever. But like everyone would kind of remember the name differently. And then there would be this panic of, well, these forks aren't well. And then the rest of the drive to London would be, well, those signs are terrible. That's not well labeled. How do they expect anyone to find anything around here like this and bitching and yelling? And so just every fucking time we get, and of course, yeah, again, pre GPS and how dare we think we need to ask Jeeves to print out directions. We know how to get there. And then of course also it's Canada. So even in the early days of cell phones, 
you'd you'd have to kill the GPS when you went into Canada because you're not oh, going to pay those crazy no. national charges. No. So you're like, we're lost. Right. We're uh, stuck in Canada forever. Every, yeah. every time. <laughs> every time. And I guess that's why I was a good navigator. Because I would be in the one in the back being like, yeah, it's the other ramp. <laughs> oh, fuck you. You're a kid. What do you I, know? I was going to say, kid, what do you know? It's like, well, oh. I've watched you take the wrong ramp every fucking time we go through Hamilton. <laughs> so that's, oh. uh, yeah, my Canadian adventures. Oh, um. Meredith, you have a last little Texas tidbit. Well, I sh- I want to talk about the first time I drove to Detroit. First. Oh yes. Um, I know I just said I don't get lost in Detroit, but this is when I lived in Grand Rapids, and I was probably sixteen, driving my rust bucket Subaru, which is my first car it was a nineteen eighty eight Subaru wagon <laughs> that was mostly rust, and um, I had printed out MapQuest instructions, and I was by myself, and it was the first time I was driving to Detroit, and I got very very lost because the highways were a little confusing to me because I wasn't used to highways and I <laughs> looking back on this now I'm just like what an idiot I was <laughs> what an idyllic stupid idiot I <laughs> I realized I was lost and I was driving I don't even know where I was I wish I did now because I would love to go back but I just stopped at a business that was open and it turned out to be a black barber shop. <laughs> and I walked in the door this like bouncy bubbly 16 year old white girl and it was like the piano stopped playing and like a record scratched and everybody turned and looked at me and I was like hi I'm trying to get to blah 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 do you know where I need to go and they were like took a beat and they were like uh okay yeah (laughs) and they actually did help me they were very sweet but I was just like thanks bye (laughs) such a dumb idiot and you could tell that they were just like what the hell is this white girl doing (laughs) get out of here yeah I think I had gone like way 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 past where I needed to be I think I was on the far east side on on one of the numbered streets and it was dumb but you know no harm done it was just it was just idiotic um the last one, I know that I've told the story about Marfa before, but that is definitely my most severe getting lost story is when, so if you if you haven't heard me tell this, in the Cliff Notes version is we were trying to go to Marfa, um, Duff had booked an Airbnb that was in not Marfa, not realizing it, it was like 45 minutes away, and on Which the it's like a pure 45 minutes of driving. Oh, we were like almost in Mexico. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was very dumb. It was, it was infuriate. We were all just... <laughs> you know, just so mad at him. (laughs) Um, But we took my car um, and it got a flat tire on the top of this mountain. And we had to hike like seven miles back to this ghost town where we happened upon these truckers who were building a fence who were willing to drive us back. And it was Valentine's day. Um, And it was, so it was February and luckily it wasn't like super hot, but we were still like, we're going to get bit by rattlesnakes and die for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't have any cell reception. None of us did. I was wearing like cute boots that were not meant for hiking because I didn't think we were going to be hiking. And um, it ended up being a whole day ordeal. Um, We were all just like sunburnt and dehydrated and and destroyed (laughs) by the end of it. Um, It turned out okay, obviously, but it was a very scary getting lost situation. No, and that, I mean... West Texas is pretty desolate. You know, I mm-hmm. um, friend of the show Missy. I think they thought about moving to Marfa. Her husband was um, like offered a job there. I can't remember the exact situation. And I remember her being like, "It's so cool. Like we love being there, but you know, um, Amazon. I mean, I guess the sign of the times, but Amazon doesn't 
deliver there. Definitely doesn't do Prime there. And the closest Target is like an hour and a half away. Oh, yeah. And... It would be difficult to live yes. there. I mean, yeah. it was super fun to visit. And that was the time we ended up um, ditching that Airbnb and getting a hotel room. And it was the time that we were staying at the same hotel as Michael Sarah. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> he was driving a Toyota Corolla that with New York plates. <laughs> it was Bobby's car. Yep. <laughs> Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a awesome place, but I don't. It's so remote. The area yes. around it is so remote and so desolate, and has zero cell phone service. There were four of us, yeah, and none of us had any service. So it was really scary. That kind of stuff is scary because you're like, could we die out here? Are well, we yeah. Really I mean, the only cars that we saw were way off in the distance, and they were border patrol cars. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hola. They're like, get in the car. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, do we have our papers? And one of us looked like Vart was, he was Armenian, but in Texas, everyone thought he was Mexican. So we were like, Vart, you better have your passport with you. Oh, man. Um, okay, my last one is very stupid. But still to this day, you know, during the one benefit, I guess, of quarantining um, was that I started to go on a lot of walks and I love them. And I still do them a, a lot. Still to this day, though, there's a whole green belt system behind my house and around my house that I just, I mean, I've lived here for 11 years and I didn't even know that it existed. Um, and it, so it was lovely, except that I get lost almost constantly. Like now to the point where I kind of go to do the same routes every time because I'm like, and the thing is, it's not like I'm lost and I might die. It's just more like, I don't know where I am. And <laughs> Google Maps can't like quite place me or, you know, the trails aren't like accurately really like mapped out. They're roughly mapped out. So I'm like this direction. And then I start going on like, you know, eight mile walks. And I'm like, this was not my intention. I think there was a couple times where we were going to record and I was like, I'm going to be a little bit late because I'm lost right now. <laughs> I don't know how to get back to my house. <laughs> Meanwhile, my house is a mile away. Like it's not that far, but yeah, I, I regularly, and it's so frustrating to me because as somebody who's pompous about their sense of direction and knowing where they are on the map, I have no idea where I am. So I have very prescribed routes right now as to uh, which directions I will go. I know my paths, but yeah. I mean, it, those are the only times that I don't mind a little bit getting lost because it's like, oh, look, there's a tree house over here or whatever. There's something kind of, if I have That's the like time. That's like a lamp. <laughs> well, yes. I know there's a couple of times where I've seen like a burned out, you know, like trash can. I'm like, what is happening back mm. here? And I know that Bridget and or Rory will get up to no. I'm like, if I were a kid, this is where I would go. Like, I'm just going to go play on the tire swing over there and then just go drink smoke or whatever Play doctor yeah, yeah. Oh, i don't want to hear about it <laughs> dave don't listen um but yeah no i i it's it's like sort of fun scary but uh but still sometimes i'm like i'm scared i don't know where i am help me if i thought at the start of this episode that one of you was going to talk about going for an eight mile walk it would have been meredith <laughs> <I know. laughs> um okay so the final question i just was thinking about this do you think that um all like google maps ways I included MapQuest just because it makes me laugh. Do you think those help or hinder your sense of direction? Oh, help. A million times help. Yeah. See, yep. I, I was thinking about this, and I, 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 Meredith, I'm like you, and I use Waze primarily, um, you know, for efficiency purposes, um, just to, like, help me get somewhere faster. Sometimes I think in Los Angeles, had I used 
like any of those. I don't know if I would have known my way around because I wouldn't have forced myself to go different routes or whatever. Like I think mm-hmm. that sometimes by going the most efficient route, you like miss out on getting to know different streets. Um, yeah, I think you're totally right. But so and I, I fell into that. I think when I moved to Dallas, like I wasn't paying attention. I was just watching my GPS. And I was like, you know what, I'm not actually learning anything. Yes. So yeah. I did like try to rely on it less and not pay as much attention to it and to kind of like, make an effort to look more at my surroundings. And yes. then I started to learn but it gives me like a safety net to where I'm like, okay, I know I'm not going to get lost, <laughs> get totally lost and end up in Waco. Or <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So I use, uh, funny you mentioned Waco, because I'm looking at, I was going through some things recently, and I found a Magnolia oh, carpenter's pencil that I bought from the <laughs> from the Chip and Joanna compound, and I still haven't even used it, and so I should probably sharpen it and use it, because it's just taking up space now. I think the the lure of this $4 pencil that I probably bought is, <laughs> is gone now. Um, I... I I think the GPS helps me learn. I've actually started using Google Maps more again than Waze, which is dumb because they're the same now, aren't they? Basically, I mean, the same back end. I think, yeah, I think Google owns this them, is, don't This they? is a question for Gregory. Didn't you buy He's Waze? He's not here. Uh, <laughs> Dang it. Um, so uh, I like Google Maps because I also avoid highways. I don't mind driving on highways, but I like driving through neighborhoods, especially in Albany. It's easy to get on a highway and avoid the shitty parts of the city, basically. Yeah. And I like driving through those neighborhoods because I believe that we probably wouldn't neglect them so much if we all drove through them a little bit more. Sure. And so I like to do that. And I will hop over a few blocks and take another street that goes a long way or, you know, just look for different, you know, secondary roads just to see them. But with Google Maps, I can also kind of figure out how to work my way back to where I wanted to be originally. Mm -hmm. And also, I think, uh, Hillary, you and I share a a loathing of backtracking. Right? And so I That's why I would go to Toronto. I'd be like, all right, we're we're here. We're going to Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. We're going the long way around, like, Ontario back. Uh, Just, uh, you know, just to try to find another way to close a loop instead of doubling back. And so... Like, I'll have the GPS open and force it to recalculate 8,000 times because I'm intentionally not going the way it tells me to go. I do. I do. Um, I use ways, you know, for going to work or whatever. But um, but I do love Google Maps. I mean, I like, not necessarily when I'm driving, but like just playing around to see how long it would take me to get to certain places or whatever, just zooming in on streets and getting to know mm-hmm. it a little bit that way. And... I, it irritates me with ways because it only like I like setting in Google Maps like how do I get from here to here, but I'm not in either of those places. I'm just trying to figure out how to get from, you know, wherever. Um, and in ways, it makes you start at the point where you are, and that irritates me. I haven't right. found a way to get around that. I'm like, no, I want to place it from another place. Map technology. I do love maps though. Also, I don't like. I, I know I'm a guest Wazer because at some point on a phone upgrade, I didn't log back into Waze and now I've just never <laughs> logged back into Waze. But like, 
I don't want to pick a Waze emoticon <laughs> no. character and like, oh, my little Wazer has a little sword or has a little kitty face or something. I'm like, just no. I, I do not. I don't need like the social... Carl's Jr. highlights yeah. that I get along the way. I just I stick with Apple Maps. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Apple Maps. Oof. Yeah, it's fine now. Right. It's basically the same thing. I have scratched getting lost off of our reserve list, which means next week we've got to get back to Pitbull Ranch. Because... <laughs> Good. It's waiting. <laughs> All right. So question of the week. Tell us one, one story and when you got lost. Whoever okay. gets mailbag next week, RIP. <laughs> <laughs> Not it. I had it this week. <laughs> uh... T. recommends... Uh, Taskmaster season four featuring Noel Fielding, <laughs> according to Justina. Um, I figured she's basically a part of the family here, so yes, why not? Absolutely, we'll count her as a T. She recommends. Also, it was the only one there at the time. Um, however, we have one now Daisy Jones and the Six. Who's yeah, that? That is me. Um, and like I said, I was listening to it. Um, and you know, I love an audible, and this one really was. It was a good cast of characters. It was Benjamin Bratt, um, uh, Judy Greer, jo- Jennifer Beals. It was, but they all, like, it was sort of, um, it's, for whatever reason, a lot of people had recommended it to me, and I didn't read anything about it. I just, I don't know why, I just assumed that it was, like, a, a YA novel. I don't, I guess the name, I don't know why, but it, it's not a YA novel. But it's sort of like, um, kind of like a behind-the-music um sort of telling from different perspectives of this band that is I would say the closest um would be like um Fleetwood Mac kind of story um you know a mid to late 70s band with a mix of women and men um and the stories of this and you know like drugs and sex rock and roll but it's and it's kind of like almost famousy but I really really enjoyed it and I I it was a quick read but um I liked it a lot I I, I found it very entertaining and I recommend the audible. Obviously I didn't read, read it, but the audible is very entertaining and they, I think do a good job that I don't know if you could reflect in reading the book because they had some good actors doing it. So it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. There you go. Um, okay guys, get involved with the show. Don't get lost. Get involved. Uh, the show has everything.com as our website. You can also use throwyourphone.com. Join the Facebook group. Um, I love, I really did love that everybody's like, I'm also a lady scientist, but that's something <laughs> Everyone I Everyone had in. to disclaim, like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not like that. I'm but. not crazy, but I do sort of do this. Um, it's really fun. The show Twitter is at Tishi Show. Email us, Tishi at 10710.com. Um, send us a voice memo. It's been a while. Come on, tell us your lost stories or whatever. Tell us about, make me feel better about my children being delinquents. Um, it'll, oh yeah, it would great. save our voices if you could read your own story. Yeah, yeah that would be play great. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> save us. Um, fax, Bobby, a map. Um, I don't know, to... Are we going uh, out with the yeah, yeah, yes? <laughs> no. Damn it. Um, fax, Bobby, a map at 617-354-8513. You can keep guessing. Uh, thanks for joining us, y'all. And that was just about everything. I have a few other stories, but that was just about everything about getting lost. Vexed, loser. No. <laughs> <laughs> and the song plays. Um.